A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed, and this is another edition of Force Center, the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, and the Java sail barge of our party. I'm Ken Napsok, here with Joseph Scrimshaw. Joseph, uh, we set offline the power of two. That's right. We're Sith today. Yeah, exactly. Jennifer could not join us, so we have to plunge into centuries of secret evil as just the rule of two. Are you talking about Jennifer Landa, star of Target's new There's a Rebel in All of Us campaign? Yes, the woman who got married in the middle of a Target ad and pulled my heartstrings. Then I said, wait, that's my podcast partner. Yes, 
So a uh, little pulling behind the curtains here. We're so happy and proud for Jennifer and her, and her husband, who are uh, part of this great commercial, celebrating uh, fandom and, and diversity in fandom. Yeah, and, and the rebel in all of us. The I rebel think is in the theme. all of us. Yeah, it's a great thing. If you, have, if you haven't seen it, it's it's Target, um, and um, it's it's. I guess Rogue One themed, right? It's coming out in conjunction. I think with that's it. the spin of the Rebel yeah. in all of us to tie to Rogue One. I rebel. Um, it's great. It's sweet. It's wonderful. But Jennifer kept it secret from us, Joseph. Totally secret. And I think she's probably listening right now, giggling in her car <laughs> out of guilt because we know how she does that. She's so sweet. Um, she didn't sweet. even Obi Wan Kenobi it. She, she didn't. didn't even tell us some half truth of. <laughs> I may be in a commercial for Walmart. No, it's Target. Search your feelings. No, she's a truly good person. And she yes. clearly signed an NDA. Yes. Um, but uh, there's a lot to talk about when she comes back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, the, you know, that ad was so cool because it was all people who truly did bizarre Star Wars things, yep. like Jennifer getting married with a totally Star Wars themed yeah. wedding. And none of it, all of those stories are usually, look at this weirdo. <laughs> and this is like really a celebration. Yeah. Totally was. It's great. We're so proud of her. Uh, Jennifer, if you're listening, stop feeling guilty um, <laughs> and come tell us the whole story when you're back from your much-deserved vacation. Um, so with Jennifer out, Joseph, we're going to do a bit of a show here where we uh, look at the news like we normally do. But there's a lot of a lot of maybe not direct news stories to talk about, but a lot of things going on in the world of Star Wars, some that you experienced, some that I experienced, and we get to talk about them here on the show. So let's begin with, uh, well, John Williams in concert. Yeah. Did you go to that? No, I didn't. I was at Dragon Con. <laughs> That's right. I went to that. Uh, my first experience ever seeing John Williams. Have you, have you had the honor? No. Okay. Um, highly recommended. Yeah. If you like crying in public places. <laughs> and this is at the Hollywood Bowl, right? Uh, so Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. The, the crying echoed across the hills of Hollywood. <laughs> I, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> I wasn't sure. the only one. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I was going to talk about it on Spotlight Star Wars, but I figure uh, you, with you and I together, there was a chance to really talk about it uh, a little more in depth. But uh, it was, um, number one, it's just awesome to see. I mean, he's what, 83, 84 yeah. years old. Uh, David Newman opens the show, who is uh, Alfred Newman's son, okay. and uh, I think Randy Newman's cousin, um, I believe. Look it up, Wikipedia, I'm not sure. Uh, he They played a bunch of Paramount stuff, and it was great, and they, they scored the opening uh, 10 minutes to Star Trek Into Darkness. And, okay, cool. Um, whether or not you like that movie or not, uh, I'm not a great fan. It was a great experience. But then John comes on, and it's like a rock star. Yeah, people lose their mind, right? I know you recently went and saw Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Similar to seeing Axel. <laughs> Did he come out and say in a very nice accent, welcome to the jungle? <laughs> I would like to welcome you to the jungle tonight. Um, great stuff. Opens with Hook, which is an interesting choice, but it's a great piece of music. And that's, uh, yeah, that's gutsy. It that's is gutsy. saying like, you know what? You can wait for the big ones. You can wait for I'm going to start with Hook. Uh, but I know a lot of people that love Hook. Right. Um, uh, that it means a lot to them. Uh, Cobster from Schmoes is there holding back a tear with Hook. Uh, my friend Jessica loves the movie Hook. I snuck some video. was one of those annoying fans and took some video <laughs> and sent it to her. Um, then he goes, he goes into BFG, which is kind of like, um, you know, Axel opening with something, Welcome to the Jungle, and going straight into something from uh, one of those albums that from never made it. Chinese Democracy, <laughs> which yeah. is exactly what he does. So I think we're learning. <laughs> Learning that Axel and John Williams are the same man, same person, uh, and it took that you heard the whole audience mur- murmuring, "What? What is this? What is this? Is this from? Is this Munich? What is this?" So, did people just really, truly not know what not it was? Because it just—it's one that just came out just from came a movie out. that 
kind of bombed, kind right? Kind of bombed, right. Yeah. And then you heard like, oh, BFG, BFG, BFG. It was BFG. It was BFG. Oh, it's BFG. <laughs> so then from there, he goes, he starts to grab some microphone to do do a tight five comedy. Um, <laughs> no, he grabs and he goes and uh, and he just starts talking about Force Awakens. And we're thinking, we're going, we're going right, right to it. Right to the Force Awakens. Yeah. And he tells a great little heartwarming, charming story of how he wanted to do Seven, you know, and, and was asked, and he felt honored to be asked. But, you know, maybe he plays a little drama that, hey, I don't know if I was going to do it. I really don't know. He's like, uh, you know, he's older. He's, I don't know. Maybe hand it over or something like that. Okay. But he goes, then I saw, I watched the movie with J.J. He goes, I am absolutely smitten with Daisy Ridley. <laughs> and, 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 and he did it in a sweet, kind, not creepy old man way, but he pretty much said... I love Ray. Okay. And that's why I did this movie. And it was clearly like the heart and soul of Ray. Not like, oh man, when she slides down the road. No, he, yes, who she was as a person and a character and her soul. And he said, he goes, I wanted to give this character, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I wanted to give this character uh, my respect and a and music worthy of this character. That makes a lot of sense because yeah. Ray's theme is clearly the knockout. Of it is everything since the original trilogy. And I talked about it with Christian Harloff. I got to go with Mark Ellis, Christian Harloff, and Mark Riley, and, and, and uh, Christian Ruvacaba from Schmoes. And um, um, we all admit it. And I think you and I have had this conversation. I remember immediately after going on Jedi Alliance and saying, eh, the score wasn't as good. It wasn't some of Williams' best work. Yeah. Christian fully admits it. Mark, we all fully admit it. And then we're like, what fools were we? <laughs> yeah. Ray's theme is amazing. I think we maybe don't, people didn't notice right away because it is so spot on to that scene of her yes. sliding down the dune and going through her life. Yeah. That... It's just what you're feeling. It's just the noises of what you're feeling. Yeah. And then you have to take a step back and, uh, you know, make the emotional disconnect to appreciate it intellectually. And, he, yeah, and you hear it in a different light. And I think as, as, as we all kind of fell in love with that character, or most of us, um, uh, you know, you, you really, as you step back, you just start, you start humming it, you know, yeah. just in your brain. So he tells a story and he tells that. It was great. It was sweet. It was cute. It was adorable. It yeah. was just like, I just, I just love Daisy really. She's amazing. And, <laughs> and I just wanted to give her this music and that, uh, which is amazing. And, um, but then he, um, they play scenes from force awakens and he goes into the Jedi steps in the finale, Nice, which is, I've said many times is my, one of my favorite pieces of music as well. That, yeah. that ending, the music fits again. So perfectly. You almost yeah. don't know you're listening to yeah. it. And how you swell with emotion when you see Luke, and it's so nice. I mean, Williams is Williams for a reason, yeah. right? Um, but he goes into that, and I got to say, and I'm sorry I'm monologuing here, but no, go for it. But but um, as the, as the images are playing a Force Awakens, and there's people out there who consider that a B movie or a C plus, or they just don't like it. Yeah, um, you're entitled to your opinion, but a pox on you. Um, <laughs> I'm watching that, and Mark Riley's watching that. We're watching that, and the Jedi steps fades into the finale and all the themes from the resistance theme and you know ray's theme and kylo's theme which is not the imperial march by any means but it's you know it's kylo's theme yeah um we all got swept up in 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 we weren't holding hands and crying but we could have and i was tearing up and i'm looking at mark ellis and he's like yeah (laughs) and mark riley when it ends just belts out what a great movie (laughs) <laughs> that is a great movie. And Mark Ellis is, is just, what? It's so good. Yeah. And yes, you know, I mean, I'm watching them fight the third Death Star, which we can critically kind of dive into and blah, 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 blah. 
but you're watching it and the theme of the resistance is coming up and, and it's like, you, you're, it, it's got the enthusiasm of Poe. It's got the enthusiasm of Finn and you're just watching it live and it's just kind of overwhelmed. Yeah. And I was so thankful that we have this franchise, this stupid little sci-fi franchise <laughs> where stormtroopers' heads hit the walls and there's Ewoks dancing <laughs> and there's things we hate, but um, how we can all lose ourselves in it and find ourselves in a different way. And, yeah. And it, that took over. Uh, stop me if I'm going too long. No, no. Then he goes into, the, into and I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. He's giving us a tease of Star Wars. Then he goes right into the, the, the song that plays during the, the asteroid field in, in Empire oh, Strikes Back. Oh, wow. Fire. Yeah. And it was funny, and I even fell for it. We all, everyone, I didn't have, everyone, the audience puts their lightsabers away. And everyone's like, oh, what is this? Is this from, is this from Munich? What is this? What is this? And you hear mumbling. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, nah, 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 like, oh, it's the asteroid field. There. Yeah. It goes into that. And then um, goes into Leia's theme, tells a great story of uh, in 77 or 70. Yeah, I guess he would have scored it late, early 77, late 76. He watches a movie and wants to design a, a, a theme for Princess Leia. And he goes, I just assumed, probably with a lot of people, that he, she'd end up with Luke. So he goes, I really? wrote this theme designed to be sexy and sultry in the end. It is kind of a romantic theme because I assumed these two <laughs> people would be getting together. And the crowd's laughing and yeah. he's doing a tight five again. And, um, and he goes, so, yeah, when you listen to this, uh, just know... <laughs> I assumed they'd end up together. For luck. For luck. Um, and when that goes on, and, and, and Leia's theme featured prominently in some of the Force Awakens ads. Yeah. Know, some of the, the, the love theme, basically, which I think helped grab us with a little nostalgia when we're ready for Force Awakens. Uh, I lost it at that. I bawled. Oh, awesome. Bawled my eyes out. Um, tears streaming down my face. Um, just so swept up in this thing that we love so much. Yeah. For 40 years, you know? Yeah. It seems um, like a great distillation of the romance of Star Wars. Yeah. That's what it felt. And there's a, there's a, when it, I remember when it hit in the Force Awakens theme, the, uh, the, the second trailer, when the Falcon's flying and, yeah. and it hits and it's like, it, 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 we're home. That's really chewy. We're home. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Then he played the Ray theme in full. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, we're about to end and you're thinking, is he still, and he does, does the throne room. Really? And they play uh, some more footage from uh, all the Star Wars, even prequels, kids. Oh, good. They played. They didn't play a ton from the prequels, but every movie got it uh, of, the, of the original six or the first yeah. six uh, as they played the throne room scene. And an entire audience humming along to, to it was, uh, was something to bold. Right. And then he put it away. The, uh, but the throne room, the medal ceremony at the end yeah, of the new Yeah, Hope. sorry. Okay. When I say throne room, yeah. uh, I, I said that wrong. I apologize. Yeah, the medal ceremony. Uh, at the end of New Hope. Um, he put that away, and it, it was a long block. And yeah. then he, he played, um, he went on to play Harry Potter, Superman, which is impressive live. Yeah. Uh, these are encores. Um, comes out and closes with E.T. And then and literally puts his, I gotta go to bed. And like walks off after three encores. <laughs> and that was it. And there was a little, you know, oh, there's no Jaws, there's no Raiders, I really wanted Raiders. Yeah. Um, and he went to bed. So there was some in the audience were like, oh, he played a lot of Star Wars. And I was like, yeah, damn yeah. right. Yeah. No damn shit. He knew I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably working on eight now because he's. I think keep... he's done with eight. I, okay. I, I think we kept joking. There was, Christian Harloff played a prank on us. There was some thought that he wasn't going to be able to make it. And um, uh, he played out that prank in full. So we had some <laughs> dinner beforehand. We were walking up to the bowl and he's tweeting publicly i'm sorry guys i can't make it uh you know blah 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 and then we turn the corner and he's sitting there with his backpack a scoundrel um but we were all as we're walking up there we're like you know what, what we got to do with christian is tell him oh dear god william's 
released some songs from eight, including the Harloff Minor medley. (laughs) (laughs) Finn's Jedi Journey. He just (laughs) dropped that. He just dropped it. Turns out Finn's going to be a Jedi. He's got his own theme. (laughs) The, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ray and uh, BB-8 love theme. (laughs) Rolling. Anyways, I'm sorry. I monologued, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was, it was an experience of of a lifetime type situation. And for, you know, Mark Riley has been there, seen him four times in concert and he does it a little different every time. Yeah. So I happened to be there in the night. He fully paid homage to Star Wars. Yeah, that's cool. I had no idea that he would do that much Star Wars. Riley was telling me he has in the past. Right, because he's just got a rock star and he can do what he wants, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's John F. and Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I felt honored and, and a little blessed and, and a little uh, just felt right that uh, I could cry my eyes out to some Star Wars. <laughs> um, it was great. That's yeah, great. great. Yeah, and a magical place to see it. The Hollywood Bowl is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, those fourteen dollar beers. But no, I'm kidding. That, 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 that's, <laughs> so you got your tears. Got to go somewhere. Got to go somewhere. Right into that fourteen dollar beer. Got to go somewhere. So that's the full report from me on my end on uh, John Williams live in concert. Um, I will carry that uh, memory for as long as I uh, am allowed to live. Yeah, I, any opportunity to see him. Go if, for if, it. If if I see something on Craigslist that I think might be listed <laughs> by John Williams, I'm going to his house. Uh, I I felt foolish that I hadn't gone before. Yeah, I never sought it out before. Could have. There's nothing that stopped me before. Yeah, just uh, yeah, parking's bad. <laughs> I don't want to take a tram to the ball. You know, whatever. Yeah, Uber, Uber has existed, so now we can get dropped off, and walk <laughs> up to the ball. So that was uh, John Williams of the past weekend. I might even talk more of it on Spotlight Star Wars, but I think I uh, bared my soul there. But uh, <laughs> while I was doing that, you were in Atlanta, Joseph, for one of your favorite conventions yeah. that you attend, Dragon Con. Yeah, Dragon Con was amazing. If you've never been to Dragon Con, it is uh, like well, we talked about John Williams being the like the, the romance. Yeah, this is the party. <laughs> this is the celebration on Endor. If all of the Ewoks were pretty much drunk. <laughs> So Which, the, I'm convinced they were. Most of those Ewoks were pretty far gone. I mean, I think it's probably pretty taboo to, you know, <laughs> drum on your fallen victims' helmets. But, uh, yeah, it is just such a party uh, just mm. in in that even if you're like, hey, I don't really stay out late, I don't drink, you can't walk around mm. that area of Atlanta downtown mm. in these hotels without just getting a little bit of that excitement. Like, uh, it's really hard to pass through yeah. the halls. They're, it's stuffed. Yeah. Um, in, in sometimes I'm running b- between panels and I can be like really annoyed. Uh, and then the second I see an amazing costume, I'm just like over yeah. overjoyed and it's like this, this is so great, this is an amazing party, right? Right. Um, it was a ton of fun. I got to do some Star Wars stuff. Uh, it's a four day convention. I did thirteen panels, shows, podcasts, yeah. uh, and it was producing some of them myself. Wow. So it was like really really busy. So it was work. It was work, <laughs> drunk work, but work. Dr- some, yeah, some tipsy work certainly uh, at the end there. Uh, but still, tons of like amazing fun. Um, I did a panel called Star Wars Counseling, which we're going to release in, yes. in some way on the Four Center feed. We're figuring out exactly how, but it was great. Asked for people for their grievances about Star Wars. They gave them to me. It was great. Uh, mm. it, it ended up this very cathartic vibe in the room. There's some people definitely had some folded arms of like, you're not going to be, all right, that made me, that made me yeah. feel a little bit better. All yeah. right, we'll try. Yeah. Uh, so that was really great. But one of my favorite things about DragonCon always is just the huge, insane variety of costumes from okay. the most elaborate to the most creative and weird to sometimes just they like, screw it, um, this is crap, and I yeah. don't care, it's funny. 
Uh, always a lot of Walter Whites for some reason uh, at Dragon Con. I don't know why everybody in Atlanta goes to that convention. It's like, yeah, Walter White. Walter, Walter, Walter that's, White. that's my favorite science fiction show <laughs> is Breaking Bad. But I, I made specific notes of co- some of the uh, Star Wars costumes. Right. Uh, one of them, there was always some mashups. One of my favorites was there was a Super Mario Jedi. Okay. So it was a half uh, Mario. I like that. Basically Mario with kind of some bright red Jedi robes. Okay. And a lightsaber. An Italian big, like Mario knows? Uh, or how did he do it? Uh, he was just, there wasn't a lot in the face. He had oh, a cap. Okay. He had a cap. Uh, and one of the other fun things about Dragon Con is, you know, when, when you see videos of cosplayers, they're posing, they're taking pictures. And Dragon right, Con's right. a long walk. It's yeah. hard. I saw this guy on Monday. He was literally almost dragging his lightsaber on the ground. He's like, <laughs> still Super Mario Jedi, but I just need to get to Subway because yeah. I'm really hungry and tired. So yeah. Real tired Super Mario Jedi was great. Uh, there's a lot of huge gatherings. I just came across mm-hmm. a gathering of Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like should actually be a description of something, yeah, a gathering that's of Mandalorians. Impressive. I think it's celebrations that saw like 400 march by. Yeah, this is at least yeah. 40, yeah. 40 Mandalorians. Altogether, that was uh, that was insane. Uh, I saw an older couple who was older Han and Leia. Really, oh, really good. That's great. So it's always cool to I see may have older seen a people. Picture of that yeah, from Dragon Con. Last probably. Week. I yeah. almost stopped them. Uh, yeah. I don't stop too many people for photos, sure. uh, just because it drags everything down uh, time wise for everybody. But I almost stopped them. But yeah. they look so happy together. That's and great. it was one of those moments where it's like, I'm going to take a snap of this in my mind. Yeah, because it's so sweet. They look so happy together. Again, um, Star Wars is 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 goes on forever. Your fandoms. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. probably saw this movie, if they were a couple, or even if they weren't, they were, what, uh, got to be in there. I'm, not, I'm trying to remember if it's the picture I saw. They, they were probably in their early 20s or something when Star Wars came yeah. out. And now here they are getting a chance to still, still yeah. do it. They could have met at mm-hmm. a screening of A New Hope back in the day. Right? Yeah, and now they can still dress up as these characters. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, one of my favorites, this was very weird. There was a kid, mm-hmm. like a young kid, five-year-old, had a real nice Jedi costume. Okay. And uh, he's, he's being dragged along by, by his, what I assume is his dad. And I saw Robe and think, oh, his, his dad's a Jedi. And then I look closer and like, that's, a, that's the dude from Big Lebowski. <laughs> so it, was like, it felt like this like, strange commentary on how your goals just disintegrate as you get older. Like, this kid's like, I'm a Jedi. I'm going to be a hero. And the dad's just like, I want a white Russian. <laughs> and maybe bowling. I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and then the, the last two, there was a group of dedicated Finger and Dan and Modal Nodes. Oh, really? Costume people who had uh, all the instruments. Great. They would come into the Hilton lobby, which is one of the main hotels and a little bit more spacious. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they were on a schedule, if there's every hour, every couple hours, they just came and they stopped and they played in air quotes because uh, they had. Oh, like really that. good amplification. Oh, that's great. But they bobbed along just right and did the, the weird oh, fingers all over. Great. And they, they played the main cantina theme. Uh, and I think they did uh, Jedi Rocks, the yes. special edition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But I bet, <laughs> I bet it's cool person. person. It's probably it cool. It was. It was, actually. Yeah. And it, it was really cool because I saw them right before I went to do the Star Wars counseling. Mm-hmm. And then somebody on the panel was upset about the song Jedi Rock. Sure, sure. And it helped because I'd just been thinking about it. That's great. About uh, ways to justify it and try to make yourself feel better about that one. That one, one, of, the bigger, one of the bigger stretches, but uh, it, it worked. It, it, did it work? We'll find know, out. <laughs> I came up with a philosophical perspective. I like it. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see how much it works. And then the last thing I saw, which just amused me, because you you, uh, all who listen to us loyally know I like some comedy mixed uh, with my Star Wars. Mm -hmm. There's a couple with the matching T-shirts that you can get. That's the I love you, I know. Okay. I'm like, that's always sweet. Yeah. But they were walking in the wrong order. (laughs) So you looked at them and said, I know. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Like... So that's that takes the romance out of it. You gotta it get makes that it right. Real cranky. Yeah. It makes it sound like the guy uh, has uh, just been like, "I know, I know," and then was like, "Yeah, I love you, <laughs> jerk." Uh, you gotta get that order right. Because. Yeah, so that was very funny. Uh, and then my my last bit of fun mm. Dragon Con, uh, uh, Star Wars related news is uh, my friend who brings me out, Ken Plume. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always do- he gets a bunch of swag. That's just one of his gifts in life. He he has sure. got himself on every mailing list there is, and people send him things. Right. Uh, so he gave me some Star Wars figures, which is great. Awesome. Uh, I got an extra Resistance Ray, so now I can take her out of the package great. with a lightsaber. Oh, awesome! So very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, "You don't want this, do you?" And I was like, uh, "Yes, I do." And what it was is it is a Star Wars selfie stick that is Darth Vader's lightsaber. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm looking around your room for it here in the studio. Uh, I think that's a selfie stick we can approve. So I'm going to be whipping that out, my Star Wars uh, Darth Vader that's selfie awesome. stick. Yeah, so a lot, just a huge amount of celebration uh, of many different things, but a lot of really cool Star Wars sights and sounds. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, I always like to test the tone and temperature of the cosplay room. There uh, still a lot of rays. Are we seeing stuff from Rogue One filter in? What are we seeing? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of rays. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of Kylo Rens. Uh, mm-hmm. There were some Inquisitors. Uh, oh, okay. From Clone Wars, like, yeah, lots of variety in the Mandalorians. I know I did see something from Rogue One. I think I might have seen a Jin or so. I know I saw something. Uh, right. But sometimes it's just a, it's overwhelming. There's just like, yeah, there's literally like a sea of people. Yeah. Yeah. Of, okay. of drunk people dressed as everything you could like, Oh, it's, yeah. it's Scooby Doo and Walter White are both drinking and they're fighting. Like <laughs> what the hell is I going on? Never been to Dragon Con, but I've heard stories. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I think I made a joke once that you could probably at like 2am on Saturday night, if you put an adhesive on your own mm-hmm. body, on your clothes, you could try to struggle through all of the drunk dancing people yeah. in the Hyatt, uh, in the Marriott in particular. That's a big drunk one. And if you had an adhesive, you would just take other people's costumes <laughs> off of them and attach them to yourself, and you would emerge as something. <laughs> as something. Yeah. Uh, uh, a Kylo Ren dressed as He-Man or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wow. Wow, great. And uh, your panels went well. Yep. And... Uh, and uh, speaking of panels, we're hopefully got some panels coming up here locally, too. We'll talk about that, too. But, uh, well, you always survive Dragon Con. You seem to know how to do it. Yeah. And uh, uh, if, you, if you're there next year, guys, go out and buy Joseph a drink. Uh, legally, we're not responsible for That's right. Joseph buy me some jet point. juice. Yeah. Uh, other news we got to talk about there. There was a cool ILM VFX video released this past week. Um, and it was a behind-the-scenes look at The Force Awakens. Joseph... No one fell for the idea that uh, Force Awakens was all uh, practical models. I think some people definitely advertised it. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. On the DVD Blu-ray release, we get some behind-the-scenes stuff. BB-8, a lot more digital than first advertised. Yep. Yep, way more digital. And now this video, which was impressive and shows the wonderful works uh, of VFX people. Yeah. 
Um, I think Force Awakens was a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> this thing, this video shows exactly how much, how much was VFX. So yeah. much was VFX. And it almost seems like a victory lap. It's like, okay, we walked the Bubba Joe puppet out in front of you first thing you saw. Yeah. We had BB-8 actually roll onto stage. Right. We have convinced you that whether or not we are actually doing more VFX shots than the Phantom Menace, yeah. it's going to feel real. Right. They succeeded in that. So now they're like, ha ha, look at how much we did. Now appreciate how hard we worked to make it look and feel real. And it's all yeah. in the computer. It's all in the computer, kids. You fools. You uh, fools. It was in the computer the whole time. I'm a computer. Uh, I, I, <laughs> and Rogue One, we already kind of know some of that stuff. The shot of the Death Star um, being built in front of an Imperial cruiser. Uh, when they first released it, the, the VFX team did their own reaction video to our reactions. So oh, really? If you haven't looked it I up. I didn't see that one. Because they were so proud. I think they had some tears of joy because every time someone would be like, look at that shot, they'd be like, well, we did that in a computer box. Yeah. Um, it's obviously the times where we're never going to go back uh, unless it's a specific, someone wants to do a, a Harryhausen film or something and yeah. do some stop motion or something, you know, unless you're doing that. Uh, computers, uh, long before we all have uh, realized that we're in control of, of these shots. Yeah. But it was impressive to see how much Force Awakens was, was helped. Yeah. Definitely not hindered. Definitely not hindered. And I think it, it, it's interesting to see how much of it is all of the environments in the backgrounds and that they did seem committed to if an actor is going to interact with something, mm-hmm. if, it, if there's a table in front of them, if there's a ship they're climbing out of, that stuff has all got to be real. And I think that's maybe the difference along with the advancement in technology. I think that is part of the difference. And I, uh, I was having a discussion with some people the other day offline about uh, the Hobbit trilogy, which um, you know I'm not, a, I'm not a giant fan of, and I'm a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a time probably watched that more than I had been watching Star Wars again at one point. I love it. I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Love what Peter Jackson did with it. I love King Kong even, and that's not a popular choice. Um, but The Hobbit lacks something, and there's that scene, and Ian McKellen had talked about it when the movie was coming out. He okay. admitted to this. But there's some behind-the-scenes stuff you can get a hold of, of, of like Ian sitting in a room at like a green table <laughs> with a green wall talking to a tennis ball, and he breaks down. And he's, Peter, I can't do it. And he cries, and he throws a tantrum. He's like, I can't do this, Peter. Wow. And I remember in an interview reading it, how he said he just couldn't do it. When Ian McKellen can't do it, yeah. you've got a problem. And it doesn't mean it's always going to have a human in front of you. I get it. I'm sure in Force Awakens, you know, there's a lot of, I, I, hey, you know, there's even with practical camera work, you know, uh, uh, they, they praised Ian McDiarmid in the prequels because he hung around to read his lines while Amidala was doing her close-ups, you know, yeah. Portman was doing her close-ups. That's just the way making movies is, obviously. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, I think Force Awakens, that was what practical meant. Yeah. Because there's a human soul in all of this. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the soul comes across. But it's a really cool video. And, and like it I is. said, I feel like just a, a show-off-y victory yeah. lap because it is the just the way it's constructed with all of the elements falling down on top of each other and yeah. being pulled away and it, it, it's a respectful i got you <laughs> it really is you know it's like a video if you went and you saw an amazing magician and then immediately afterwards he's like now i'm gonna show you how i yeah. did it all and i could do it again and i could fool you again ha <laughs> ha well you know it's like i i was in watching that video i remember when they're talking they showed Moss's cas- castle and some of the establishing shots as yeah approached I I knew watching the movie they clearly didn't build a giant castle. There was yeah. probably some you know we know there were some practical portions to that set. But, yeah, you know I'm watching the VFX video of it going. I I 
fooled's not the word. Complete suspension of disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Because it didn't. I was like, oh yeah, that would make sense. That whole giant castle is just a computer graphic. Yeah. Um, so again, kudos to them because I never once thought that. Uh, where you know the prequels admittedly did think that a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that clone trooper's walking like he's animated. <laughs> yeah, there is some funkiness with that clone trooper's hips. Yeah, that's not quite <laughs> the way hips go. And look, technology's gotten better. Yeah, you know that's poor Lucas. He's probably like, if I just ten more years, ten more years. <laughs> so check it out if you haven't. I think you can find it on the StarWars.com YouTube channel, and I think they talked about it on the Star Wars show, uh, which I watch every week. Um, other news: we got some Rebels news. Yeah. Joseph, uh, what do we got going on the TV show Rebels? Got maybe character coming back yeah so uh an actor many of us like you know personally from yeah. schmoes katie sackoff yep yep katie, uh, katie starbuck as i call her katie starbuck uh yeah so i guess she let it slip at a convention okay oh, that <laughs> katie let it slip starbuck mm-hmm. uh that she will be uh, reprising her role uh from the clone wars animated series mm-hmm. as bo katan in rebels right. i love this yeah. Um, I absolutely love this. It's a, I have a post-it note at home. I, was, I think I was going to do it for some spotlight. I don't know. Um, maybe we can do it for a four center down the line um, of characters I'd like to see come back yeah. or characters I'd like to see more of. Um, you know, Ara Singh always pops up, and she did yeah. kind of pop up in Clone Wars or stuff like that. But Bo-Katan came up because that Death Watch, Death Watch stuff, the Mandalorian stuff, Pre Vizsla, who I believe, correct me wrong, was John Favreau doing I that voice. I believe so, Maybe yeah. someone out there might correct me. Um and she is most importantly to me, as you as you have in our notes here, um, Satine's sister. Yeah. And and Duchess Satine, uh, character uh, spoilers is uh, no longer with us, but is is some very tied in closely to Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, close to our hearts. Yeah, whether he's a jerk or not, or a guy you want to drink <laughs> with, uh, um, but. Um, I, I so not that I think it's going to go in that route, and that suddenly Obi Wan and Satine had a kid or something like that, yeah. or anything weird like that. I just like it. I like it's a character. It's a great character. It's a cool. It's a strong female character too. We need always that helps. Um, and the Death Watch is just kind of cool. It was an inter. It was the, those stories. The Death Watch in general, mm-hmm. watching Mandalorians mm-hmm. fly around, and then when Darth Maul intersected with them, mm-hmm. that there was a time that I was literally sitting on my couch watching this alone, and. Uh, I, I turned to like my left and right to people who weren't there to be like, can you believe this? Why, why isn't every Star Wars fan yeah. losing their mind that this exists? Yeah. A bunch of cool Mandalorians yeah. flying around with actual jetpacks kind of fighting with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul, and there's a, this dark saber, and yeah. what the? It, yeah. yeah. So th- the fact that that whole uh, era in that uh, mm-hmm. story of the Death Watch and Maul taking over mm-hmm. and her in this character's trying to decide does she believe in Mandalore as a violent force but not with Maul's leading all of that right. that all of that story being brought forward to Rebels is cool and again it's part of Filoni's um, campaign to bring things forward <laughs> and keep things going and retcon some stuff in his own way it's slowly but surely beautifully becoming Clone Wars Part 2 which it, is great hey which might have been Filoni's master plan and maybe I should have shut up early about my, <laughs> my dislike of Chopper and Ezra and just let it slide um, and too you mentioned the, the, the Darksaber which I believe we do see in a Rebels trailer haven't we already seen that I think so I think so so you know it would make sense that the Darksaber would lead to Bo-Katan and some kind of reference to Death Watch because it comes from that line 
design. It is something that I believe is in the family of Pre Vizsla, right? Yeah. It's been held and held and held for years since they took it. Um, Dark Saber, I think, full really came into the uh, populace, uh, the, the the minds of all of us fans uh, during uh, Star Wars Unleashed because it was something you could play with. Okay, cool. Um, and it was like, cool. What is this? And it's been around. It's probably origins come in some EU, and some fans will be angry that I don't remember the the, the book. But it's um, yeah, you know, it, it's canon truth is just it exists in the Clone Wars yeah. and Previsla has it. And uh, that's that. Um, so I'm excited. This is good news. Happy for Katie. Uh, uh, I, I don't. We don't see her much at Shmo. She's coming back soon, actually. So I think I'll pull her aside and okay. talk about it as best we yeah. can. But, and uh, I, I feel like you alluded to it, but I feel like the, we, we should mention our friend Matt Belknap's theory. Y- yes. Because that – so his, his yeah, wild, wild Ray theory uh, mm-hmm. that I think he may have got from a friend that he mentioned on an old episode of Force Center is that – uh, Bo-Katan being Satine's sister comforted Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. They made sweet space love. Space love. And that uh, it's a lineage that Rey could come from. Yeah. Which is like, I love that because it will never happen and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. I'm okay with the... the I like that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's I, I'd be happy with Rey as Luke's daughter. I'll be even more happy if uh, is, uh, her uncle was uh, Dexter. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. You know. um, uh, speaking of other stuff uh, we uh, we like is uh, we uh, Maul and Kenobi might be going at it again. A little rematch, Joseph? Yeah, this is a, also a wild, far-flung okay. theory. I guess it came out of, on Disney XD's website, their mm-hmm. character descriptions, which okay. I haven't uh, looked through myself a lot. Uh, but this, I'll read the whole text so it's yeah, in just, context. Yeah, let's do that. So this is in Darth Maul's description. Obviously, Darth Maul is going to be in Rebels yeah. continuing forward. And here's the text. Now freed from the dark depths of Malachor, Maul is running amok in the galaxy, driven by a decades-long thirst for vengeance that risks clouding his sanity. The restless former Sith Lord hopes to heal old wounds by completing a task he should have done years ago. Though Maul has found the galaxy has changed much during his exile, the dark side trickster knows where a few secrets are buried. And that's it. And it is that middle sentence about completing a task he should have done years ago that got people excited of, well, the thing he didn't finish, one of the things he didn't finish is getting rid of old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, and uh, I love that dark side trickster. Yeah, yeah, because that's the evolution of his character from being this uh, brute force to being this uh, older character who has been in... uh, False and tricksy. False and tricksy, yeah, yeah, and he absolutely, he's Dark Yoda, the way he tricks uh, Ezra in the season finale. Dark uh, Yoda's another way, I love that. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting, Uh, you know, we love Kenobi here. Um, It'd be interesting if it happens... um, I mean, if it's any, I mean, could this could this be on Tatooine? Is that what we're expecting, Joseph? Is that what I you're thinking? I think so. I think it would be a huge canon thing to move Obi Wan. I I'm mm. like I'm like seventy percent. This would never happen, and thirty percent. Wow, would they go there? I'm thinking. I mean, the ramification. I'm thinking aloud, and that's sometimes what we do in these shows. Here, we just kind of jump on the mics, and and uh, I'm thinking aloud. It's like, that, what are the ramifications if in Rebels? Maul and Kenobi fight on Tatooine, and we get some Kenobi in the desert. You know what would be crazy is if uh, the fight between Maul and Kenobi on Tatooine Uh somehow makes some noise, and that's how Bale and the rest of the Rebels figure out that Obi-Wan is alive and where he is. My eyes just popped (laughs) with excitement. Because you can imagine that he's stayed in touch with Bale, or you can just imagine that he just went off the grid, and he just like, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm... 
going to take care of this. That's very true. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That gets, because that gets into obviously why Princess Leia was going there and yeah. what her father, you know, and it was a mystery character to her, but a name she knew and the history she knew. Yeah. And Wood Bale, who we know we're going to see a little bit of in Rogue One, would, 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 uh, at one point, will he? What 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 point did he sit down and say, "Hey, here's an option. Yeah, if you need to call an audible, here's what we got to go to, <laughs> or it's part of our game plan, or you got to throw a quick quick post route for Yoda." Um, and and why wouldn't Yoda be some of that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, so that's some that's some big deep questions that we as the fans, some answers might be buried some places. Um, but yeah, if, if Maul and Kenobi, and suddenly there's reports of a crazy laser sword fight in the desert, yeah. does that sneak out of the outer rim? Yeah, maybe. Oh, is he? Oh, wow. now let me ask you this: They Please. rebels with uh, uh, the Vader Ahsoka battle. Yeah, these they're going to be spoilers if you're listening, haven't watched. Mm-hmm. Purposefully, really ambiguous about whether or not Ahsoka yeah. lived or died. Right. Since then, the creators have even said, like, well, don't be surprised to see. Mm, we don't know. They, they seem to not want to commit. There's and a new Ahsoka Funko Pop coming out. So. Okay, so, yeah, well, she's alive then, right? Which I will own. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> is your disc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <laughs> um, so there's, I feel like there, this season's going to be darker, mm-hmm. but there's a lack of commitment to um, getting rid of a character we've already seen. So mm-hmm. Kenobi and Maul face off again. Kenobi can't die. Yeah. So do you want... Kenobi to take them all out once and for all for yes. real like he yes. cuts them in half again and then he cuts the pieces in half and yeah. then he sautés them and eats and th- them because <laughs> that's what you do in the desert every meal is good from a certain point of view <laughs> um yes yes I'm glad we're getting into this discussion here um this this is good here um here's the thing I want Obi-Wan to kill Darth Maul to finish it to finish it Maul is is not changed in the way that I think he's a good guy now, you know, yeah. he, he's more menacing, he's more dangerous in a way, they're fluffing out the character, like you said, from a brute, uh, we call him a trickster, but he's, Dark Yoda's a little bit more of an accurate description of him. Yeah, the way he plays Ezra. And Ezra, I love a lot of predictions, I don't think he's Snoke, but I don't think he's going to end up, or, uh, he might end up good, but I think for a while, Ezra, to me, it seems to make some sense story-wise that he goes bad. It'd be yeah. a great, it'd be a great It's sport. no longer subtext, it's the text of the, yeah. uh, of the ads. It, be a great swerve from the start of that story to now, and, I, and, and something they haven't really done before. Here's yeah. our hero. We're going to turn him bad. Uh, Masoka went from snips and to to good, you know, uh, to a different character. Yeah. Um, but um, the problem is, if it's on Rebels, let's say, or even it's in a comic book. Yeah. Some of my favorite Marvel stuff in the Star Wars line is when they take a moment to go to Kenobi in the desert. I, and this is not necessarily Star Wars. But if Maul's going to die and he's going to die for real at the hands of Kenobi, I'd want it to be similar to Bran and the Hound in Game of Thrones. I'd want it to be a little violent. I'd want it to be gruesome. And I'd want it to right. be Kenobi Epic. almost tapping into the dark side and putting a saber through his head. And yeah. something graphic and gruesome that wouldn't be fit the Disney Star Wars universe. I understand as they say it. But that's how I'd want that to go. Yeah. Is, 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 is final. Yeah. I should mention real quick so we don't get a million tweets. I know that there is a comic book that mm. was uh, a sort of what if that was never supposed to be in canon mm. that has basically this story where, really? okay. where uh, Maul, it's earlier in continuity where Maul tracks Obi-Wan Kenobi down and he, yeah. uh, Obi-Wan is concerned that he might be a threat to Luke. So they have this vicious battle. Which makes sense, yeah. And that's one of the reasons that Owen says, like, you got to keep your distance. So that, that was never even went in canon. It was like okay. an old school kind of what if. Sure, sure. So, so just so we don't get a million tweets, we know that there's kind of a version of that floating out there that could okay. be uh, I am pulled in- back in. I am innocent of those EU stories because <laughs> I separated myself from the EU about 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's how I'd want it. Yeah. So whoever wrote that story, good job. Good Let's job. Yeah. Back. But I, I totally agree with you. It would have to be brutal. It would have to be knocked down. It would be kind of cool if yeah. Obi-Wan allowed a little bit of dark side, a little bit of vengeance of like, this isn't just to keep other people safe. I'm sick yeah. of you and you killed Qui-Gon. If you hadn't yes. killed Qui-Gon, he would have done a better job with Anakin. None, if, yeah. This so, is important. Maul's it, yeah. important. Exactly. He's yeah. an important chain of events. And if Obi-Wan tapped into the dark side a little bit and then was bummed about that, yeah. that would make even more sense of like when he refaces Vader. Yeah. It's like, this isn't going to be about anger. 
Yeah. This is just going to be like, I'll fight you a little bit, but this is, I, I'm not here to kill you. Yeah. I, you know, whatever. Mm, I like that. I'm, I'm being calm. God, I like that. My other pitch, this yeah. is my comedy pitch okay. for how it appears on Rebels. Are you ready for a comedy pitch? Love it. Whole season is building towards Darth Maul, mm-hmm. figuring out where Obi-Wan Kenobi is. Right. He goes to Tatooine. Right. He goes to the cantina and he says, I'm looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Wu here, the bartender, says, there's no Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, there's a guy named Ben Kenobi. And then Darth Maul just goes, Ben, that's not who I'm looking for. Bye. <laughs> and we discover that changing his name to Ben worked out after all. Yeah, he's dressed in uh, brown robes and uh, beige tunics. Sort of like a Jedi. Kind of like a Jedi. But his name's Ben, but so name, no way. Are, are you sure his name is Ben? <laughs> ah, his name's Ben. That's not the man I'm looking for. He's got a business card. He's, he hangs around with some... Uh, Lars family, they got some kid Skywalker. That's definitely not who I'm looking for. <laughs> and scene. Yeah, exactly. So I would love that. Well, that's our long look at the, uh, what's going on in Star Wars there. We're going to take a couple fan questions before we roll on out of here. We also got uh, an award and a winner in finish, uh, finish the Fan Fiction. Uh, that's right. Uh, uh, so, Joseph, uh, we got some questions there. Should we take one, all of them? I'll let you uh, yeah, uh, be the, uh, the, the, the dark Yoda of the questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take just a couple because we, we don't want to go too long here. Uh, first one is from Chris Whitehead. Uh, he asks a lot of great questions. Osiris292. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chris, for always sending in good questions. Yep. This one is one that has come up a lot and has plagued me, so I wanted mm-hmm. to get the answer out there. Will Luke even have his green lightsaber in episode eight? That's a hypothetical we can discuss. Yeah. But then the second part is, did he even pick it back up at the end of Return of the Jedi? That comes up a lot. And yes, he did. So Yes, right? Yeah. We I know w- now. We knew. We definitely know. We now. definitely know. See, so this is one of these things like years ago before I had this wonderful uh, network mm-hmm. of, you know, knowing you and Jennifer and all, the, all our great fans. And I can talk right. about Star Wars constantly. Sometimes I would just wake up with night terrors <laughs> about Star <laughs> Wars. Like ever- <laughs> and I really did one night. I'd be like, yeah. did wait. And I went and watched. And his lightsaber is on his belt in on Endor in Return of the Jedi. Right. And it is in the traditional version. It's in the special edition. Luke okay. picked up his green lightsaber. It's okay, everybody. He picked up he his picked lightsaber. picked it up. Uh, I think Shattered Empire, he has it. I uh, could be mistaken, but I think, yeah, it, yeah, it's in play now. It's official. Yeah, it, any version of canon. Pablo Hidalgo has said. <laughs> exactly. That poor man. Um, I say it every week. But what's your speculation? Do you think you'll have it in episode eight? I think he will. Um, I think so. Um, because... There's some importance to the obviously to the blade that Ray has and the yeah. line it's gone through. It's killed younglings. It's uh, you know it's fought Obi Wan. It's 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 uh, it's been around. That. It ended the Clone Wars. It ended yeah. the Clone Wars. That 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 has been around. So um, I I I don't think it's going to be comedy where she's like take this and he's like got one <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think it will factor in because look if she's his daughter does it doesn't it make sense no question mark that he would pass the blade on to her yeah it's calling to you now yes it's mine it's symbolic of her to say here's your blade come back to the fight guy yeah um what are you on the spa planet like princess leia (laughs) would say if she had the chance um i i think um i think it's significant these lightsabers are significant We've seen in Aftermath the belief that Vader's lightsaber, all red in its glory, is still exists in some form and that those acolytes of the beyond or whatever uh, have have it. Right. 
Um, these blades are more significant than I think we even... As kids, they were significant because Luke had a green one, and he didn't have a blue one. And yeah. it was, but now there's something to them, and right. their handles are different, and Dooku's is different. Now, that's one of the things the prequels did right, is yeah. lightsabers were a little more personal than we, I think we were advertised as kids. Yeah. Am absolutely. I wrong there? No, no, no. Uh, I think there's the, the sort of bummer part of Attack of the Clones where, where uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan just kind of get thrown some extra lightsabers yes. for the arena battle. But beyond that, like I, the, the Obi-Wan emphasizing this weapon is your life and yeah. that there's an attachment to it. And you can read it as a symbol of Anakin's lack of commitment to the Jedi way that he can't hold on to a lightsaber until right. he gets the significant one in the Clone Wars once he's Wait, a little bit more mature. Sometimes deeper subtext in the prequels? Every once in a while. Okay. Yeah, especially if you're really looking for it, like me. <laughs> like you. More on <laughs> Star Wars Counseling with Joseph Scrimshaw. Um, yeah, so I think absolutely. Now, now yeah, in, mm. in our new era, it's for sure. They're objects within the Force. They have significance within the Force. Right. Everything has some significance within trees and dirt and rocks have True. significance within the Force. Yeah. And then something that's created and wielded. Yeah. By a force user, for sure. So, yeah, I think there's weight to it. So I don't think it's, like, mm. it could be cool that maybe uh, maybe the green one is in a trunk somewhere. And maybe he picks right. it up halfway through the movie of, like, well, once I accept the, the call to action, right. now i got to go to this other planet. I stashed it on Camino, actually, you know? <laughs> in my travels. Have you seen Laura Santeca? He had it. Is he around? <laughs> Who? He's around? Oh, God. Um, Back to Jakku. Yeah. Why well, you got to go back to Jakku? <laughs> I, yeah. I think of all the Jakku pronunciations, it's Han Solo's is my favorite. Jakku? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Great question. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll continue on that uh, that theme. We've got another question from a loyal listener uh, in Twitter, Tristan Shields, at Grand Moff Shields. Mm-hmm. He says, how long till Luke gets off Octo, a.k.a. my hometown Ireland? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tristan included many great photos of him on uh, the island. Great. And how, but how long until he gets off Octo in episode eight? Kind of don't want to see much training, says Tristan. And I think that's a really interesting question that we haven't talked a lot about. I think we have uh, made, uh, imagine that it's going to match uh, Empire Strikes Back and be a lot about training. Yeah. But I think a lot of us would be bummed if there, if that's the only forward movement in Luke and Ray's story. Right. So what do you think? I go back to my own episode eight pitch on movie fights in December of 2015. Um, You can look it up, but there's a full pitch. I pitch a three-way battle between Luke Skywalker, Benicio Del Toro's character, lest we forget he's in the movie, um, (laughs) and Kylo Ren, where I think Del Toro, in my headcanon, is actually the right-hand man of Snoke. Kylo's the up-and-coming prospect. There's nice. some rule of two type of stuff. They're not quite Sith, whatever. There's something different. Maybe Snoke wants two right-hand men, but Kylo's out to prove something. Del Toro is out to get the real work done and interrupts the training of Luke and Ray. Nice. I really do. I'd be more okay than maybe even you are of extended into Act 2 training. I know we want it to get going, but I because the movie, let's not forget, starts minutes after episode mm-hmm. seven ends, something we've never experienced in Star Wars before. Um, I'd be okay with some of that time. I don't want to yeah. jump, you know, hi, I'm Ray. Cool. Let's start training one month later. Like, I, I, let's get, she has some questions that maybe aren't going to be answered yet, but she's got some stuff to start. Yeah. But I really want this eight in my mind is going to, for me, more about Luke. Finally, because remember, Abram sold him, Mark Hamill on, don't you want to come back and find out what happens to Luke Skywalker? 
So there's a lot to him maybe not wanting to fail again. Is he reluctant to train this person? Yeah. Who is this person? And I think because I think they found Luke, it's not going to be long before other people find him. Yeah. I want, I want a, another character, whether it's Del Toro or the Knights of Ren, to show up and interrupt this training. And that starts the action or that spurns it on. If it happens in mid-second act, it might be too much weight for a lot of people. I understand yeah. it. But I'd, I'd be okay with that scenario. Yeah, I like that. I also like uh, the A New Hope version of training instead of Empire Strikes Back, where it's not as much about meditation, but it's like... On the go. We're going somewhere, and I guess if you have some questions on the way, I will reluctantly tell you. And hey, she's already got some skills. Yeah, exactly. And she's she may have already had some training. True, true. So controversial. Uh, do you want to take one more? Do you want to move on? Let's do one more. Okay. Let's do one more. We've got some good cool. ones here. Yeah, uh, so this one is, I think, right up uh, our alley. This is from Jordan Smith on Facebook. He says, I love collecting Star Wars action figures of background characters. With new Star Wars movies being released every year, do you think those kinds of action figures will be left behind for instant resistance members like Jess Pava, Admiral Statura, BU4D, and most of Maz's castle patrons still don't have action figures even as the toys move ahead to Rogue One? Where's my major MOP action figure? <laughs> this is great, Jordan. Uh, Joseph, I don't know if you want to. I, I, I yeah, feel go like for I've, been, I've been filibustering today. I think I had too much energy drinks. I'm <laughs> over here. Uh, and uh, we were very close to getting Mike Black to join us again today. And these are always great questions for from Mike Black on the production of toys. But collecting's changed, and how yeah. toys are changed. I miss, and I know we've talked about it, of turning a corner and seeing. 200 Star Wars action figures. The wall of choices. The wall. You can look it up on Google if you're a younger fan. Um, look up Star Wars action Kenner figures or whatever. Wall of figures. It was a sight to behold. Yeah. When you turn that corner. And I'm going to go full older person for a second. Yeah. You know when you're you're young and you think something is huge and then you get older and you see it again and go, oh, yeah. that that. Right. Look it up. It's it was that big. It was it, that big. It was that actually big and especially mm-hmm. like a Toys R Us or a Children's Palace that yep. were around back in the day. Uh, for it, me it was KB Toys. KB Toys, huge walls of mm-hmm. Star Wars options. Yeah, and you would turn the corner and it's like there's Bespin Luke, there's R2D2, there's Gonk Droid, there's a Bespin security card, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. there's Lando. Uh, and it, you had your choices. And then after the ravages of time, yeah. there would just be Lobot. Sad, sad, sad Lobot. It was a different time. Things have changed. But this is for a negative. And, I, and again, I wish Mike was here to add some intelligent thought behind my, my ideas here. But now it seems to me it's waves. It's wave one. It's wave two. How can we market yeah. this? And I, I, every time I go to a Target or any place, Walgreens, uh, any place that I know there's toys, um, I'll turn that corner. And uh, it's like, ah, it's still, it's still. Constable Zuvio, the new punchline of the of the yeah. this toy generation. It's still Resistance Fighter. Uh, I collect the six inch black series, but I, I wish I could get more of the three quarter ones. Yeah, I just saw that Mike Black just posted on his Instagram feed uh, that they finally got a Tasu Leech. Yeah, finally, it should have been the first week. Yeah, well, and Tasu Leech has been out for a while in terms yeah. of their waves, but I don't know why they just aren't putting enough on yeah. the shelves or having that combination. Mm. I didn't even know that because um, I never seen one. I saw once in Minneapolis. I would have got it if I knew I was never going to see it again. They have a two pack of yeah. two of the cooler uh, Maz Kanata patrons, uh, the smugglers that Finn is going to go off with. Uh, yep, Sedan yep. Athano in yep. Qui Gold. Yep, and I have the Sedan Athano Funko Pop, which is interesting that they released that. But you know. Yeah, I guess yeah. I think maybe the answer is 
I would love to collect the three and three quarter, and I would love to have this variety in detail. But I think if you want this variety in detail, sadly, it's Funko Pop. It, I mean, not, yeah. I mean, not sadly if you like them. Yeah, but even and I they, like them. But I, I love them. But even then, they don't release six a wave. You know, yeah, six or seven a wave, and you can get your exclusives and everything. I finally got my Ray with the X wing helmet and the oh, figure, yeah. which is great. Um, yeah, but Jordan, this is a great thing. It is. It, it is one of the bittersweet. Uh, Feelings of being a Star Wars fan and a great time to be a Star Wars fan, but things have definitely changed again for reasons yeah. that probably make sense business wise. But yeah, where uh, Jess Pava, I love the character of Jess yeah. Pava. Do I have to wait to vote her in? No, <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want to find it. Maybe she's out there. But even if she is out there, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, and Buford B U four D. That Jordan. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite background characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumpy, crappy, big yellow yeah. robot. I yes. love that guy i like i want to mail away judah friedlander character because yeah. he, he appears right there when han solo yeah. record scratch cuts to judah friedlander giving a weird look i want that figure yeah yeah i want the big weird uh uh insect yes. guys who are playing i think they're playing, playing poker basically. poker yeah uh, i think they do have the hask thug the sort of yeah. werewolfy guy yeah, they have yeah. they have him uh, the last thing i would say is maybe have hope that someday because i remember as a kid mm-hmm. you know we described these wall of choices but there were still figures that you would imagine and they didn't make and you yeah i remember when i was young it was a they put out a battle damaged x-wing where you could put out decals yes yes of yes. the battle damage that's the x-wing i had and my brother and i joked like i want a battle damaged luke where he's like all cut up and yeah. he's missing his hand and like and that seemed like insanity yeah and then years later when they did the whole power of the force line and moving the power of the jedi they got into that geekery of what have we never made? Yeah, and battle damage, Luke. I mean, they had a Han Solo that was mid on freezing. Yeah, you know it, that that became yeah. almost their their signature of like we're going to make the things you yeah. never thought we would make. Do you want Mark Hamill in a diaper <laughs> for Bakta Tank Luke? Okay, yeah. so I guess I have hope since I had that experience once in my lifetime. That yeah. for whatever reason, maybe twenty years from now, it will be back in vogue to make. Every side character. Yeah. And I think that was important to growing the myth of Star Wars. Yeah. Unlike any other property, after Kenner's success, every other movie tried to do figures. And you can find weird ones online and not just the, the Funko Funko makes the repackaging ones modern. That make, yeah. They're made to look like they're old. No, no, no. If you go, you know, there's Star Trek two figures. There's this or that. <laughs> there, you know. And uh, everyone tried. and uh, But Star Wars, it just opened up that world and it made every character important, even though we didn't have the names yet. Panda Baba was Walrus Man, yeah. whatever. But, but um, you know, it meant it, it helped. So it might even help with, with Force Awakens, you know, yeah. or going forward with, with 8 or Rogue One. Yeah, and Rogue One might be different because it feels like they've sure. already learned some lessons of what fans will buy. Yeah. You know, they're leading with Jin or so, so hopefully yeah. they'll be more of the weird, you know, Biston the Space Monkey will hopefully be right. in Wave 1. Yep, absolutely. Great question, Jordan. Opened up a lot in our mind. I think uh, we're going to move on to uh, awarding a winner in our last Finish the Fan Fiction, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to read this guy? I always read these. Yeah, the oh, fiction. sure, you absolutely. Read? So, so, so as we do on uh, from time to time, recording schedules sometimes dictate when we do it, we come up with um, uh, a little fan fiction and we improv an ending, but then we put it on Facebook and make sure if you haven't already, like our Facebook page and we let you uh, give your 
answers, and then we'll pick a winner, sometimes two. Uh, but in, what do you win? You win the right for us to mispronounce your name on the Force <laughs> Center podcast. Um, so uh, this week's uh, winner is, uh, here's what we said last time. Now, Jennifer Landa herself came up with this. It's a great prompt that And I wrote. think we're going to make her do this a little more because it was fun to kind of improv it with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leia and Chewie sat in silence as they somberly ate their meal in the Resistance Commissary. It had been one of the worst days of their lives. The two sat directly across from each other, and the sound of their forks clinking against their metal dinner plates echoed throughout the empty room. Finally, Chewie put down his fork. He stared at Leia until she looked up at him. What is it, Chewie? Leia quietly asked. (laughs) He sadly roared. Leia sighed. Chewie was right to ask this question. It had been weighing on her, too. She gingerly set her fork down and looked Chewie in the eye. Look, I hugged Ray and not you because. And our winner, Martin Grinter? Grinter? Martin Grinter? That's what you've won, Martin. Confusion over your last <laughs> Grinter, name. Grinter Grinter? Martin said, Look, I hugged Ray, not be- you because. I'm not supposed to until the special edition. <laughs> we got ourselves a winner. Martin, you've hit the big time. Nice meta answer, Martin. We always like some meta answers. There are a lot meta. of great ones, uh, but that one just had a nice punch to it. Love it. Love it. So uh, we'll do it again soon and put that on the Facebook page. Uh, and as always, we, we do highlight Twitter and all that stuff because Twitter is a lot more uh, immediate. But don't forget we have the Facebook page. And you know what? A lot of you, I will take some time to say, a lot of you write um, some very nice, well-thought-out theories and messages yep. on the Force Center page. We do read them when we can. We can't always get back to them right away, but Joseph and I um, maintain that page, along with Jennifer, but we kind of maintain it and, and uh, try to get back when we can. But yep. do know, it's not falling on deaf ears. We appreciate you reaching out to us, both on Twitter, where you can follow us at Force Center Pod, and on the Facebook page. So, Joseph, I do believe that should end this wonderfully fun Obi-Wan Kenobi question mark. Yeah. We love getting into Kenobi question marks. The John Williams exclamation point. (laughs) We covered a lot of topics, and we're going to move on. But before we do, Joseph, uh, you know, uh, we we always uh, do our plugs at the end. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Ken Knapsack. As I mentioned, the entire network is on Twitter, at ForceCenterPod. And you can use the hashtag ForceCenter. Occasionally, you can use the hashtag ForceCenterPod. Both will work. We'll get to you uh, when you submit our questions. And, and you, sir, can be followed at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you have your website. Yep. I got my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can also th- see this uh, episode is coming out uh, this Tuesday. So this week I will be back in Minnesota, my home state, mm-hmm. uh, in St. Paul for a convention event thing called North Star Science Film Festival. Wow. That's about the intersection of science and entertainment. So I'll be doing a science themed stand-up show and a live recording of my podcast, Obsessed, that's going to be all about time travel. That's amazing. Um, so do that. Follow him. Look up the adventures. And if you're out there locally, check it out. But, Joseph, before we go, we did want to talk about the feed on iTunes. That's right. Uh, so iTunes, I, it is a gift and a curse. Uh, <laughs> uh, podcasters talk about iTunes almost constantly. And I feel like every once in a while, you need to do a special push. Listeners, mm. we have a mission for you. We would really like more ratings and reviews on iTunes. The algorithm on iTunes is weighted kind of insanely toward spikes. Yeah. So it's not even about just like, oh, this is how many listeners you have and you've got about this many reviews. It makes a huge difference on jumping up the charts when there's a spike in listenership, Mm -hmm. a spike in subscriptions, 
or strangely, a spike in ratings and reviews. So we've, we're at about 50 ratings and reviews. Right. It would be great to, like, in the next week, get that up to 75. So this week, today as you're listening, if you have, like, 30 seconds, that's all it takes to go to iTunes and just hit that star. Uh, not the one star, the five star. Hit the star at the end, please. Or the four. Or the four. Or the four. We'd accept that. Yeah. We're rambling a little bit, so we'd accept that. <laughs> but the five would be ideal. Please, not the one. Come on, guys. Why are you listening? Uh, so if you can, do the, do the five. And if you've got a little bit more time, leave us your thoughts. Let us, know, uh, let us know what you like. Let us know what your favorite things are so we can know kind of how to, what, what direction go to make the fans happy. So it's another way to give us information that really helps us grow the podcast and grow our little Force Center family. Yeah, absolutely. As we look forward towards 2017 and keeping Force Center going, more shows coming. You know, we just added Star Wars Ranked, which is a bite-sized little show that has a little fun ranking things in the Star Wars universe. We have Databank Brawl, Jennifer Landis Jedi Beat, our NPR Star Wars show. We got more things coming and maybe even more people helping us along in the adventure. And Force Center Spotlight Star Wars, which some days, Joseph, I admit, is me sitting down going, crap, I better record this before <laughs> Before I go out to uh, John Williams, in <laughs> other days I take a little more time. So if you listen to that, I thank you to uh, when you follow my ramblings. But there's a lot that we do, and um, this isn't a competition with other Star Wars shows. I want you to listen to Jedi Council. I want yeah. you to listen to Far Far Away. I want you to listen to Jedi Lines. Uh, I encourage you to watch the Star Wars show, uh, uh, which is uh, Peter Townley and uh, Andy Gutierrez on the Star on the Star Wars YouTube yeah, channel. Love the Star Wars Minute guys. Uh, yeah, there's so much out there. Um, we really, really uh, are happy that you've taken the time to listen to us but it definitely would help and it would make a difference if you take that moment uh, i feel like i'm doing a public radio pledge drive but that's <laughs> kind of what it is those that dreaded word algorithm if you're not in the business or you're not familiar with it algorithms really really rule the day <laughs> trust me they really do working at defy media and screen junkies that word algorithm is thrown around literally every day so it helps us and we uh you know, we, we haven't started a Patreon yet. We might one day. Yeah. We might need to do that. Joseph and I do this, and Jennifer, we do this in our, in our free time, uh, outside of our normal uh, work. Um, so we want to continue. That could be coming. But you know what? For right now, it would just help if our little faces are a little higher on the charts. <laughs> and that is what uh, would help that happen, is a click and a little word. Um, so, Joseph, I think we have uh, tried to use the force enough to get the review to happen, but we're going to talk about it again, I'm sure. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Let's go on to uh, the rest of the galaxy and find out some more corners to crawl into and wonder if Obi-Wan can fit into them. Weird ending, but that's how it's going to go. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.